Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's Jukebox Republic. But as always, we kick things off with a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're just joining us now on our live stream on Facebook, well, what do you know? It's Friday again. Today is Friday, August the 13th. Otherwise, if you're joining us on shortwave radio, bad news for you. It's Monday, but at least you're here with us. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today, we've got Emma Banak, and we've got Shirley Lin. Hi there. In just a moment, well, well, Taiwan had a record-breaking Olympics, and we are still reveling in our golden medal glory. But now Taiwan has won gold in another, much more unexpected way. We'll also be telling you about how a popular way of sightseeing around Taiwan is set to come back soon, and well, Taiwan's getting a new high-speed rail station somewhere. The question is where. Nobody knows. We'll be telling you about the discussion that is uh, surrounding this in just a second. It's been like a week now, but Taiwan is still a bit uh, riled up and excited about our recent Olympic wins. We did very well, beating our previous record in terms of medal haul, and possibly because I think this has to do with the fact that on the Olympic medal table website there was something called like a live cheer where you could click and it was like simulate a hand clap, and they had like live. It was cool. You could see like where people around the world were cheering their own countries on. There were different like hot spots and. Oh. Oh, that is it was kind cool. of fun. It was fun. Considering the yeah. fact, I don't know if I'll ever be able to attend an actual Olympic game. Yeah. But I can somehow show my, show my support. A lot of people were hoping this would be the year because Tokyo is right down the road from us. But then COVID happened and a lot of people who bought tickets there. were disappointed. So, But they could at least virtually clap online. Yeah. I think that may have been the... This might have something to do with what I'm about to tell you, our new award. We have unseated Finland... Uh, as the winner or the top country in a an online game called Popcat, are you aware of Popcat? Pray not tell, what not, is that? Not Bob, not Bobcat, Popcat. Topcat. No, um, it sounds like a sort of popcorn, but with cat faces. Um, a cat face is involved. Okay. Um, and I've just learned about this game today. It is a real thing. It's legitimately Taiwan did unseat them, uh, Finland as the champion of this game. It's a cat. It's a cat, and. It opens and closes its mouth in a dramatic, according to this article, in a dramatic O shape, O-shape, with a loud yeah. pop. It's a real cat named Oatmeal, <laughs> and they digitally altered Oatmeal's face. You can be the cat. You're making that do sound. This. Um, Perfect. And I'm no, I'm I can't do it. Experience as a sound effects fully. <laughs> anyway, oh. um, uh, yeah, it makes a popping sound, and it's cool. The game tallies players' pops by country based on their, I guess, VPN, like where they are. So there. you have to tap the cat's what? mouth when he makes this popping just click, sound. Click. No, no, no. You well, it's tap, on a mobile. You click it, and then it. So I think it's on your. It's, or, probably both. Okay. Um, these days, there's lots of 
mobile apps yeah, that are also online games. But anyway, laptop. you click on and it goes pop, 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 pop with its mouth. Okay. And, um, anyway, like hitting on a screen, I'm, I'm missing of, the point of right? the game <laughs> to see who has the most pops. Just okay. how many times you can go like that this? is essentially in, 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 that in, is essentially what the game involves within yes. a time limit or something. Not even that. What? Um, oh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you so, can do it as long as oh, as, oh, you're, so as long as you like. Taiwan. <laughs> yes. So everybody gets on it and do precisely. it precisely. So that the is more precisely what happens. Now it. a a website called Taiwan Memes memes uh, rallied fans by posted a video showing. So this is why I think we should be stripped of our title, honestly. Can I read this? Someone just um, sent us a message. Sabina Guo, I contributed lots of clicks to PopCat. Oh, stuff. you were part of this. Well, I <laughs> hope you were not part of... I think we should be stripped, honestly, of our medal for what I would consider the equivalent of doping for this game because oh, it, we did not win by totally legitimate means. Were this there website, involved? Yes, there were. So uh -huh. what happened was this website that got all the Taiwanese people to participate also showed them that they could use one of those massage guns. To just go uh, against I the mouse. One. Yeah. Now I realize what that is. So all that's about. that's that's dope. That's one. doping in a sense, isn't it? It's cheating <laughs> well, the is. system. That is. I mean, I guess there's. If this was an Olympic sport, we would be like out of the. We'd be banned for competing for several years. You know. We'd be Russia. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I hope Sabina Guo was not using illicit means to win, but we did unseat oh, Finland, which had been the champion for a really long time. In fact, so many pops came coming from Taiwan on Tuesday, August 12th, so last week, uh, that, oh, Thursday. It says Tuesday. They don't know how this, their dates it, of the week. Um, <laughs> August yeah, 12th was, was a Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Um, that the creators of the game had to rush to save its server because th we, we, we crashed the system with oh. our... Oh, and I thought that the guy, his arm like was sore or something. No, like no, that. no. We crashed the computer system. There were what? too many pops. I'm going to be honest. I really wonder That's if the people fair. who created this game, did they think that this was ever going to be a problem? There they would be so many people around the world they that They underestimated it Taiwan's, Taiwan's determination to win something. <laughs> uh, when you get a bunch of Taiwanese people together, this can happen. Um and yeah, it seems that uh, we, since the Olympics, it became a thing here. And I think that may, like I said, probably someone noticed the parallels between the clapping and the, and said, oh, well, we could oh, maybe become champions in something else. So who um, invented? I don't know. It does not say. Not, but oh, it wasn't Finland had who... been the champion since April. So we unseated someone who'd been at the top for like half a year. Could um, it have been someone from Taiwan who designed this? No, I doubt we don't it. know. Okay. I feel like by numbers, uh, Finland and Taiwan are both countries with very low population. So it's kind of impressive. Probably Finland, probably a lot less. So we've got 23 million strong. Um, but even if a small fraction of dedicated, if they're using a massage gun, too, I mean, that's not fair. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah no, uh, massage that needs guns. to be that needs to be cracked down on. <laughs> the, um, so, yeah, uh, they we even held, it seems, our own. We we. We celebrated our own win with a virtual ceremony, award ceremony. We gave ourselves an award. And an award. <laughs> which I think, I think this mostly shows more than anything that we have far, which country has the most time on its hands of anyone uh, to sit well, in front of a computer and Or that we have the most, do what is that. Kind of, um, Team spirit. Yeah, team spirit, <laughs> or, patriotic Or self, spirit. just like to self-congratulate, really. Or, um, I mean, yeah. people really like cats Wait, here. patriotic. <laughs> yeah, but like. This is, I mean, well, it is a real cat, I guess. It's named Oatmeal. It's cute. Oh, I don't know. I really meal. hate cats, to be honest. Oh, uh, <laughs> are you allergic to them or something? Uh, I am allergic, but uh, even without that, they're 
I don't know. They freak me out, kind uh, of. <laughs> okay. Well, we had an online ceremony. We've given ourselves the gold because no one else. I'm surprised <laughs> that they afterwards, the p- creators of this game didn't have to rename us Chinese Taipei because of Chinese <laughs> protests. <laughs> I'm dying to hear Finland's reaction like, to this. Like, I'm were they sure. very upset? Were they? Did they not care? Did they not even notice? I don't know. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. And I wonder, like, who else is in? Like, if there's a medal table, like, who's? Because you always have like these sports where it's like, oh, you know, it's going to be, especially like, oh, it's going to be in this Winter Olympics. It's always going to be someone from Norway or Switzerland or somewhere where there's lots of snow, or if it's like curling, it's going to be Canada, or if it's. You know what I mean? Like, there's always these countries the that specialize, and I wonder what yeah. PopCat's top, other top countries are. Let mm. us know in the comments if you know. <laughs> um, it's in, it's good to hear from someone who helped made this happen, though. Yeah. I'm surprised that all this, some of our, one of our listeners was actually involved with this story. And, and leave us comments if you've been in the game, if you were in the game. I did not know about it till today, just but uh, maybe I'll join in to help Taiwan retain its crown. I don't know. Do you have to be a citizen? I don't I know, but I feel like people are going to be coming for Taiwan now. So is this still ongoing, though, this PopCat game? So I don't really understand if there's a if it's like by clicks per day or if it's just an ongoing total count from the beginning of time or when the site went online. There's no explanation of that here. Uh-huh. Um, I'll have to look into it. Yeah, that um, is really Pop interesting. Cat. Unless, well, I'm sure somebody else is going to come with some other crazy game and then continue on this I forever, you know. We've probably won other similar pointless awards in the past, <laughs> too. So, this yeah. Is, yeah, this is really fun. Taiwan, most, most clicks for, per second. <laughs> so I've spent a lot of time reading during quarantine about great rail trips around the world. I've been buying a bunch of travel books to do just because I can't go anywhere. Just mm. armchair traveling. Planning for someday. But now... Um, Taiwan is going to be reintroducing uh, what they're calling a rail cruise tour, which is not a cruise. You're just on a train, but it's like a sightseeing <laughs> train. Um, and we've had them before, but then COVID came in, so we couldn't even do that. Now they're coming back. September 3rd is the planned date. Fingers crossed we don't have a rebound or like a Delta blow up. Um, but there's going to be, I mean, this is pretty considerable. There's a dozen itineraries available, so they're not just like cramming everyone on a train and being like, oh, look. Like, there's, they've actually put some thought into the routes and what they're passing and what's mm-hmm. interesting along the way. So um, uh, this is a, organized by a group called Easy Travel. That's E and Z, like the letters. And um, they've been commissioned to come up with these excursions. And um, so, yeah, they can you can book a trip uh, along some very uh, off-the-beaten-track sort of railway, tra- stretches of railway. And uh, it's laid back. They've got transport and like a dining car. It's, it is in that sense a bit like a cruise. Um, no word if there's going to be like bottomless mimosas or a swimming pool. <laughs> but other than that, um, is it no like shuffleboard. an overnight ride or is it just? Well, I think it depends on which which of these itineraries you book. Oh. Um, and so some highlights. And these are some of my favorite places in Taiwan. I've only ever seen them by car. So it would be kind of cool to lay back in a train and watch them go by slowly. Um so we're getting into that season when eastern Taiwan erupts in a riot of orange because uh, we've got these flowers called daylilies that bloom around this time of year. I love and to eat them. They you are, can they, eat them? They are edible. Yes. They're served yes. fried. You can buy them fried. Um, yeah. Fried. Um, wow. I don't find that they have any particular taste, but I have tried one. Uh, they're also very pretty <laughs> to look do. at. 
and um, yeah, don't worry, they're not like endangered or anything. They're everywhere. No. Um, <laughs> but like the hills, are, the, it's beautiful, not just because the flowers themselves, but because they grow in very hilly terrain. So you just have, you know, it, rolling it's, hills covered yeah, in this, like this a, orange. It's a blanket of orange. Right. Also, uh, they're going to have some longer tours for like the the weekends where we have off that are long weekends like the the autumn mid autumn festival and double 10 day our our sort of national day in october too so they're promising round the island travel which i imagine means a loop around the whole thing mm. that sounds awesome well <laughs> if you're not in a hurry you can make several days out of that mm. um and uh you can also stop off on some of them it looks like at different you know side excursions including uh there's limited availability to visit turtle island which is off the the northeast coast of Ely. i've been there oh that would be taking a boat no i haven't um it's it's actually a volcano but um uh it's is it dormant yeah yeah but um if you get up close in a boat because you got to get off the train and onto a boat to get there um you can see when you get up close that the water actually changes color it's very beautiful there's two different colors and they don't mix uh, nearer the island, it's a sort of milky white, and that's because there's like an underwater hot spring bubbling underneath oh. there. It's got lots of minerals in the water, that. and then okay. there's the open seawater too. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's lots of there's interesting stuff to see on the island too. They've got old military tunnels that they dug. It was sort of a fort fortification for a while in case the Chinese came from that side. And uh, you can go into the tunnel. They have guided tours, and uh, there's a big lake which is surprising. Uh, on the island? Yeah, freshwater lake, and you can walk around. It's very pretty. Do very people scenic. live on this it's island? They used island. to. Uh, they were evacuated. The last fishermen were evacuated after a typhoon when they realized that if people got sick during a typhoon, they're cut off from everyone. There's no way to helicopter them uh, out or anything. Yeah. So they've all been resettled. Then it, w- it was a military base. Now it's a, a nature reserve. So every day they have a cap of the number of people so they don't disturb. But you can go visit that. Um, now you may be thinking, but we still do have some COVID. This sounds like a super spreader event. They thought about that. Um, it may be hard to get a seat because of social distancing and things like that. No more than 26 passengers will be allowed in each carriage and they're cutting all rail service capacity by 50% as a pandemic precaution. And per group, uh, you can only have up to 50 participants if you have like a big family, I guess. I don't know. I don't think I know 50 people who are, would all be off on the same day willing to spend that much time with me (laughs) um yeah uh, i would really love to do this i like visiting well most of what we've mentioned is in eastern taiwan but i'm sure there's stuff all over the island that you can stop off and do and uh it's a autumn is a pretty time of year here although it's quite short um it's a it's a nice time to get around it'll be Um, cooler not like now it's hot and humid uh, yeah. yeah, I would hope that uh, you could also, they would also stop at places like, uh, I don't know, the historic district of Tainan or... Yes, Tainan, woo! Or uh, maybe do a little uh, surfing excursion on Taidong's eastern coast. Oh, oh have yeah, you ever gone surfing, I haven't, but I've heard that the, the waves there are good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, to the point of having international competition. They do. Yeah. Um, and a lot of indigenous foods to try along mm-hmm. the way. Um uh, I also love the countryside of Miaoli. It's very hilly and uh, a lot of Hakka culture there and mm-hmm. uh, del- some very hospitable people. I once went there to do a commercial shoot and the this one woman that, who I guess the bus driver stopped to ask directions to or whatever gave the entire bus food. He was like, what? I just have this sitting around. Oh, just everyone. And there was like 50 people on this bus. So <laughs> some of the nicest people you could ever meet. Uh, there's just so much to see wherever you go. Mm. And you can see it all by rail. All right. Thank you. 
So what seems to be certain is that Taiwan's high-speed railway network is going to be extended. Yeah. But no one knows to where. <laughs> At the moment, it runs down, I guess for listeners not in Taiwan, they should know that it runs down connecting the major cities of the West Coast. And that's it. But there's a lot of the rest of the island that it doesn't serve yet. Yeah, I mean, I think if they were able to extend it throughout the whole East Coast, that would be amazing. Like if yeah. you could just go from uh, Taipei all the way down to Taidong in, I don't know, like less than two hours, I would be on half a loop then. Yeah. Because yeah. now it's on the West Coast. Well, it's hard to get tickets on the existing, the existing service, doesn't, they don't have enough trains. So it's uh, hard. Buying tickets can, is really, can be really hard. So, yeah, that would be helpful. But for now, small beginnings. Yeah, yeah. They're starting to venture into Elon, which I think we were just talking about before a bit. And uh, I've only been to Elon once. And if I knew that it was a lot faster and easier to get there, when at least here in Taipei, I guess it's not that far away. But when no. I was in Tainan, it was like, uh, like it's kind of exactly on the diagonal away from Tainan. Right. So anyway, like John was saying, they're not exactly sure where in Elon they're going to extend the high-speed rail to. Just somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many factors for them to consider, um, which honestly the people in Elon are kind of getting a little annoyed about because... Uh, it's going to affect people's lives, obviously. Yeah. Already people, uh, it's a popular getaway it for is, the weekend for people from Taipei. And I know uh, that people are buying up land and building retirement homes there and it's driving uh, up prices. And I think people yeah. like like their peace and quiet over there. Um, they're separated from Taipei by some mountains. So there's some mm -hmm. logistical things to work out. I guess they'll have to make a tunnel or something. Huh? Yeah, so they're they're weighing the price difference between these two options that they've kind of narrowed it down to. One of them is the main train station in Ilan. And then the second one is in a smaller town. And right now it seems like the government is kind of leaning more towards the smaller town because um, it'll be less expensive to build there. And also, it seems like there would be less people that they need to relocate. There's so many oh. businesses near the Elon train station that have been well established and forcing them all to leave would create all sorts of issues. So mm -hmm. it seems like they want to go more towards the smaller town. But other people say that then it won't be as convenient for other people to get to. I know that in Tainan, our high, our high speed rail station isn't at the main train station. Kind and of in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it is. I've the only reason I've ever gone to that part of Tainan is literally just to get on the high speed rail. So something I really liked about something I really like about Taipei is that the high speed rail and the is just at the main train station. Yeah, it's very easy to get to. But I feel like basically every other city, it's in a completely different spot. So you have to take a train to get yeah. to that train. Or a, sh or a uh -huh. shuttle bus of some sort. It's yeah. not always terribly convenient. But yeah, um, I can I can imagine that people there will be concerned about the way... There's already ways of tourists. Like the, the tunnel to get over there is jammed, packed on weekends. Yes, um, the Shishan Tunnel. It's a very long tunnel. and uh, 11 minutes to get through yes. in a car. Yes, it's very wow, long. Oh, you've counted. <laughs> oh, yeah, they say it. Yeah. Oh. I've never been through it. When I was uh, riding a bike around Taiwan, that was the one part that I took a train for because some people were saying it's kind of dangerous to ride mm. that tunnel with a bike. So There was no bike lane uh, in there. Uh, no. no, yeah. <laughs> there's can't. no way to get... No, no, it's crazy <laughs> no, traffic. No way. <laughs> um, but it's a lot... There's a lot like the Turtle Mountain Island, the uh, island that we just mentioned. That's a volcano. That's there. Always, also, tons of very good food. I especially like their onion, their scallion pancakes, which... Oh, are, yeah, they're yeah. famous for that. Very delicious. Very delicious. Uh, mm. Lots of fresh greens and um they also have uh what's the the ice cream with cilantro and peanut shavings that's one of their specialties Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um 
if you if are okay with cilantro, like there's a lot to do, you know, a lot to mm. see, a lot to eat. Uh, I'm sure that hordes of tourists will flock in whenever they decide what they're going to do. <laughs> Lastly today, well, we've kind of a bit strange situation we're in. We're just finished one Olympics, but we're less than a, we're only a few months from the next one. Thanks, COVID. Anyway, there's calls, growing calls in Taiwan to boycott the next games because they're being held in Beijing. It's a bit weird because Taiwan doesn't have any athletes participating. We don't do winter sports here. We don't really have much of a winter, but, um, so what's the point, do you think? <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess seeing as how Taiwan did really well in the Summer Olympics, perhaps there are some athletes that would be interested in participating in the Winter Olympics. Oh, I don't have, I just checked actually, we're not in it. <laughs> but I, I'm not really sure. It says that um, just in general, the Taiwanese people that, I, I think it also extends to how they think other countries should respond as well. Right, right. Um, it's not just for within Taiwan. They think that people like countries around the world as a whole should boycott this mm. uh, Olympics. And I think the Taiwanese uh, being particularly uh, close in distance to China, they're also close to these other groups that have been persecuted in China, like uh, people in Hong Kong or in Tibet. And basically they feel like these violations of human rights uh, should not be supported by people taking, I don't know, bringing tourism and um, just like boosting the economy over there and acting, kind of, I guess, like kind of turning a blind eye to things that could be mm. happening over there. So who's calling for the boycott from in Taiwan? Are there specific groups that have raised this call? Um, in, the, in the article that I read, it named them as independence advocates. So I guess they're also pro Taiwan being its own country. Mm. Um, and basically, they're trying to get in contact with lawmakers about it. The Taiwanese government itself hasn't made any motion to... Uh, encourage other nations to boycott this Olympics, but they wouldn't the, dare. It's too sensitive. <laughs> yeah, so the advocates here in Taiwan that think the other countries should boycott it, they referenced uh, the movement by the European Parliament, which passed a sort of a resolution that it's not binding to any of these European countries. It doesn't force them to uh, withdraw or boycott this Olympics, but it just says that the European Parliament thinks that they should not participate, which means that these countries can still send athletes to the Beijing Olympics, but it would be similar to how in this past Olympics, there was the Russian Olympic Committee. Instead of representing the country, the athletes kind of came in their own separate group. Mm, okay. Well, I wonder if uh, it'll have any effect. Like I said, I just checked to see which countries, because it's only a few months away. Like they've all had to be registered by now. Mm -hmm. There was not a single Taiwanese person <laughs> mm. anywhere. So it's kind of a moot point from us. But uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, they can get some countries on board with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the European Parliament, this resolution was passed like with an overwhelming, overwhelming majority of 578 votes. And then... Only 29 people opposed it and 73 abstained. So obviously they don't necessarily represent all of what all those countries intend on doing, but clearly it's an issue that people feel very strongly about. Mm, well, uh, I don't know. I think they've got a, it's, it's also really close. Yeah. So if there's yeah. not much time to mount like a big campaign. Mm -hmm. um, but so, I don't know. I'm not we'll sure just what see will what happen. Happens. Well, that just about does it for us today um, here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Emma Banak. And I'm Shirley Lin. Thanks to everyone who joined us and left a comment. If you're tuning in on the radio, stay tuned for more of Shirley up next on Jukebox Republic.
Hello there. You've just tuned into Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. Some of the things that caught my attention last week,、um, one was about Jane Goodall,、um, you know, who already has a Jane Goodall Institute here in Taiwan. I know she's been in Taiwan a couple of times、uh, in the past. She announced that she's going to use her Tang Prize money, and I will explain that later, to set up a Jane Goodall Sustainability Academy in Taipei. And there's another thing,、uh, and that is the United Nations Climate Change Report on Taiwan. I think it's an assessment of all major countries in the world, especially those that are developed countries and industrialized countries. Yeah, it's it's a it's a sad report. So I'm just gonna talk about these because they caught my attention from last week, and、um, I just say that we really need to love the earth. Here's the song. 地球累了 Um, the 累 means tears. So the earth is tearing up by Dong Yuzhe. Right, that's a cute song, huh? We was talking about,、um, you know, Mother Nature. Don't be sad. Please be happy. Try to be happy.、Um, yeah, because we're not doing good things to it. So, but anyway, it's a cute song.、Um, you're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm talking about the Earth. I'm talking about how we need to love the Earth. How we need to be nicer to the Earth. Because、um, two news stories caught my attention last week. One was about Jane Goodall. Okay, so she was the recipient of、uh, like three hundred sixty thousand U.S. dollars prize money from the Tang Prize, T A N G Tang, and、um, just last year in June or July, yeah, last year in twenty twenty. Well, the Tang Prize,、uh, it was established by a Taiwanese businessman and philanthropist, Samuel In, who is also the chairman of the Runtex Group. 
and Runtex is like one of the biggest textile companies in Taiwan. The prize was first awarded in 2014, and it's been taking place oh every two years. Yes, and the biannual Tang Prize awards high achievers um, in four fields: sustainable development, biopharmaceutical science, sinology, and rule of law. And in 2020, Goodall was awarded the prize in the category of, well, you guessed it, sustainable development. For those who don't know, Jane Goodall is a British conservationist who is like the world's foremost expert on chimpanzees. So Jane said that she was using this money to establish the academy as part of some conservation projects in Asia. Goodall signed an agreement with the Tang Prize Foundation to launch a series of three projects. Other projects include Project Monyet in West Malaysia and the Hope Project in India. Project Monyet will educate Malaysians about primates, while the Hope Project will promote nature awareness among youth in India. So, according to the foundation, the Jane Goodall Sustainability Academy will be Asia's very first experimental elementary school that focuses on conservation and sustainability issues. Sounds exciting, huh? Wonder how that's done. To me, it sounds like it's a school with no books, no exams, no homeworks, just like what they call Xiao here in Taiwan. Yeah, we do have those forest schools. I don't know if that's, well, that's how they translate it. So it's like these schools, they um, take the kids and they're always going out to nature, looking at nature, taking walks and touching things. And I don't know, just no, like not, you know, fixed on books you know, buried in books and all that kind of thing. Um, so Goodall said that humans have brought natural disasters and even pandemics on ourselves by disrespecting nature. The destruction of natural habitats has forced different species to come into contact, leading to pathogens, and I'm quoting from her, transcending barriers between species and creating zoonotic diseases that can spread from animals to humans, such as COVID-19. She added that humans need to think of a new way to relate to nature. The educational nature of the conservation projects of Asia, which emphasizes lessons and workshops that engage young people, reflects Goodall's belief in communication. Communication, you say? Well, according to Goodall, Communication is um, the key to changing the minds of those who put more faith in economic growth than in conservation or than in the environment or than loving the earth. That's deep, and that may be hard to do, I think, though I hope more people are becoming more aware of the seriousness of the environment, that we need to save it rather than deplete it, exploit it, and you know, only want to make money out of it. So the three projects will be the three projects will be carried out from August 2021, 20, so it's already started, to December 2025. Now what she's doing is great. I wish that my kids had more fun when they were in school, uh, instead of like facing exams, so much schoolwork, and after school school. Yeah, I'm talking about cram schools. Taiwanese kids are miserable under this kind of education system we have here in Taiwan. So everyone. Let's do more to love the earth and develop sustainability. How's that? Here's a couple more songs about the earth. Here's one by Liu Genhong, The Earth is Crying. And the other one by Tan Yonglin, 
地球人醒来吧 ！Earth people, wake up!
有人，快醒过来吧，请不要任意胡来。我们的天空不再晴朗，看那阴霾来了奇怪。地球人要去想一想，这地球已经变坏。我们的海洋不再一样，带来灾害，值得无奈。不尊重生态，蓝天已不在，美好的世界说拜拜。不爱这地球，等于背叛地球，人类的路怎么走？不想一想，这地球要去关怀，自然生态继续破坏，发生灾害，人类的悲哀。不尊重生态，蓝天已不在，把什么留给后代？不爱这地球，等于背叛地球，人类把地球出卖。尊重生态，蓝天已不在，美好的世界说拜拜。不爱这地球，等于背叛地球，人类的路怎么走？不尊重生态，蓝天已不在，把什么留给后代？不爱这地球，等于背叛地球。Okay, so this next issue is about this UN report, United Nations report on climate change, which really scared me. It says Taiwan could see more extreme weather by the end of this century if no strong action is taken. It said, and、uh, well, this is according to the Taiwan Climate Change Projection Information and Adaptation Knowledge Platform. It says that Taiwan could face very different impacts from global warming depending on how severe it gets. For instance. Currently, the average daytime high temperature recorded by weather stations in plain, flat areas of Taiwan combined together hits 36 degrees Celsius, or about less than one day per year. Okay, so that doesn't sound too bad, but believe me, at 36 degrees Celsius and it's humid and sticky here, it's really unbearable once you get outside. And on top of that, you have to wear a mask. I can't breathe. Really, I have a hard time breathing sometimes. 
Now, if climate warming intensifies and global temperature increases cannot be limited to 1.5 degrees by the end of the 21st century, that number of days would reach 48. What a jump, right? If the mercury increase can be kept under the 1.5 degree threshold, the number would only reach 6.6 days. This is according to a report by institutions including the one I just said, Taiwan Climate Change Projection Information and Adaptation Knowledge Platform, Academia Sinica, which is Taiwan's top research body, and Central Weather Bureau. Well, the report was released in response to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which is a United Nations body for assessing the science uh, related to climate change. So according to IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel Panel on Climate Change, many changes in the climate system have become larger in direct relations to increased global warming. So we're talking about heat extremes, heavy rainfall, uh, which has had that today just now. It was like pouring for like a couple of hours. And while I'm working at RTI, I'm hearing it in the outside the window. It was just like pouring, really, really heavy rain. And I was afraid it's, we're going to get floods in Taipei, really. And so we're talking about heat extremes, heavy rainfall, and tropical cyclones. Well, in Taiwan, we're talking about typhoons. They could be really nasty. That also means that at the end of the century, the length of summer in Taiwan could increase by up to 80 days to 210 days. I can't stand the heat. And the sad thing is there could be zero to 50 winter days by then, compared to about 70 winter days now. Well, I don't like the cold or the hot, but if I have to choose, I guess I prefer the winter to the summer, although winter days have been few in between, but they are biting cold, freezing cold, because we have humidity, and on top of that, we don't have central heating. So, like back in 2009, when we had Typhoon Morocot, um that caused a lot of deaths and even like totally wiped out a village. It set a record in Taiwan with daily accumulated rainfall of nearly 3,000 millimeters and such intensity could grow by 41% by the end of the century. 41%. I don't like rain. I don't know about you, but I don't like rain. And it says that Taiwan should work with global communities to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and improve its capability to adapt to climate change. So that's why we need to be part of the United Nations. And we're not. I believe there's global warming. I believe in it. It's serious. And it can and will get worse unless we do something about it. So I admit I'm not even very good at, you know, saving the earth, doing my part to, you know, I don't know, to to help with sustainability or love the earth and all that. Um, I, I don't think I even do a good job, you know, like um, in recycling. So in one way, um, I'm really glad what Jane Goodall is doing in Taiwan. And I hope that it's going to make school, schooling a lot more fun for Taiwanese kids. But the other thing is I'm also saddened by this UN report. So, um, but we all need to be brought to our attention about how serious this issue is. So how can we all work together? Starts from you. Starts from me. You and me. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. And one last song about the earth. The Love of the Earth by Li Taixiang.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.